Merry Christmas. Hello, nerds and nerdettes. Junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages. We're nerds, and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd Knighted Nations podcast. Never apologize for being All things geek are up for grabs. Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Merry Christmas, Junior Ambassadors, Nerds and Nerdettes of all ages, and welcome to a festive episode of the Nerd United Nations podcast. I am your host from the Midwest United States, Jerry Boots, and with me as always is my Canadian podcasting queen to the great white north of Canada, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, I'd say we definitely rolled out the red and green carpet today. Absolutely. Because we... We got not one, not two, but three special guests on this episode. So, without further dudes, I think we're going to introduce our newcomer first. So please welcome from Pencils to Pixels and Why Not Futurama, Mr. Scott Hopkins. Scotty, welcome. Well, hello. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. I've been listening to you for years and it's... Finally, glad to actually actually sit and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about this. I uh, when you told me about tonight's topic, I my imagination lit up. <laughs> um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves? Uh, so I uh, am like as Jared said, I'm also on a couple other podcasts uh, from Pencils to Pixels and Why Not Futurama. So. I'm a big, huge fan of animation, uh, pretty much, I would say mostly animation from 1990 and before. Futurama's kind of an outlier because I'm a huge fan of that, obviously. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mostly uh, big fan animation, anything retro, big 80s fan, and uh, love any opportunity to talk about all that fun stuff. Great. Those are two great shows. And how serendipitous we got both your co-hosts here with us tonight. Yes. So uh, I'm going to bring in Andy next because this is only Andy's second time on our show. Andy, welcome back. Hi, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hello, Jared and Melissa. Hello. Hello. Is that is that the Canadian hello? I don't know. I got enough. Hello. <laughs> uh, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome back. It's been a long time. I believe it was last Halloween when Two Melissa binge watched. Yeah. And Melissa binge watched all 35 million episodes of Treehouse of Horror. I'm still impressed. It's been over a year, and I'm still blown away that you did that, Melissa. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> it was commitment, and I respect it. <laughs> it was that was a journey and a half, <laughs> but it was fun though. Good, good. And uh. Also, Scotty's other co-host uh, from the Pencils to Pixels podcast and from Disorder, Michael Lyons. Michael, welcome back. 
Hey, thanks for having me back. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays uh, to you both, to you all. Um, this has become a nice tradition to be on your uh, holiday episode. So um, happy to be back and excited to talk about tonight's topic. Yeah, this makes, what, three Christmases in a row now. It does, yeah. Our official Christmas guy. That's right. Happy to be that. <laughs> Sorry, Andy and Scotty. It's okay. I feel like I'm crashing someone else's party. <laughs> Are we sure this is okay? Are you, you sure that you don't just want your Michael quality time? I get it if you do. <laughs> well, the more the merrier, right? It's the holidays. This is true. But um, we're happy to have you all here. Um, well, if you can't tell from the title, tonight's topic is uh, we're making our own Lifetime movie. <laughs> I know how much our three guests love Lifetime Christmas films. So I came up with the idea, why don't we take a non-traditional Christmas film and turn it into a Hallmark film? And everybody seemed up for it, so like, hey, why not? So we're going to pitch our stories to you, but we're not going to tell you what it is until you get to the end. And we're going to go in chronological order. So, Michael, the floor is yours. Wow, okay, kicking it off. So, um, should let you know, mine's a little meta when it comes to uh, Hallmark Christmas movies, um, so keep that in mind. But um, So, my Hallmark Christmas movie is about a man named George. Let's say his name's George. Um, <laughs> yes, <and> let's. <laughs> let's just say, I don't know, I just pulled that name out of thin air. That's, it's a good... Very vague name that couldn't right? mean anything. It's yeah. not connected to any Christmas movie. <laughs> not at all. No, yeah. no. I, I, his last name is Washington, so it's actually it's a, I, That's right. It's yeah, a very American Christmas movie. This is actually a President's Day Hallmark. Oh, good, good. They don't <laughs> have a Christmas a tree. They have a cherry tree. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so George is uh, a very successful um, commercial real estate agent. Uh, he lives in New York City, travels around the world for business. He's the CEO of his own company. Um, and uh, he actually started his career and it took off in a small town in upstate New York. Um, and uh, George lives in New York City with his girlfriend, Violet, uh, uh, also very successful. Uh, but um, George has his troubles the big international real estate company that he is CEO of is losing a lot of money and it's about to be taken over by a larger company and George is gonna be out of a job. And as if that wasn't enough, Violet tells him that she's been cheating on him and she's leaving George for his childhood friend, Sam. So it's Christmas time in New York City, but obviously with all of this, uh, George can't get into the holiday spirit, even though when uh, he and Violet were together, she did nothing but watch Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> and and it, George couldn't care for these movies, but every time Violet would turn one on, he would get sucked into watching it. <laughs> and he wouldn't just watch a half an hour. He'd watch the whole thing. And he loved how they were always so comforting they were about these idyllic small towns and and simple life and with violet gone with his job on the edge 
he tries to sit at home and watch these, but it's just too depressing because the life in these Hallmark movies is is so perfect. So feeling depressed, George walks around New York City, walks past the Rockefeller Center tree, walks past Radio City Music Hall. He walks past the windows at Macy's. Um, he walks all the way to the George Washington Bridge. And things seem so desperate for George that he considers taking his own life and jumping into the water. And just when he's about to jump into the water, someone else jumps into the water. And George jumps in to rescue this person. And it turns out to be an angel, a female angel named Clarice. Now, I don't do any casting in this movie, but I would request that Marilu Henner play Clarice. I just think that's kind of perfect casting. So that's just an aside. Um, we'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> Who doesn't love Mary Lou Hedder? I right? Mean, I mean, we we would have to be some sort of Scrooges to not approve that casting. Yeah, thank you. That's what, that's what you did there. Yeah. Um, so Clarice heard George's plea, and she jumped in the water to save his life, knowing that he would save her. He tells her that she shouldn't have saved his life. His life isn't worth living. And he just wishes his life was perfect, like those he's seen in the Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> And so Clarice grants his wish and says, George, I'm going to put you in a Hallmark Christmas movie. And the next thing George knows, he's back in his small town in upstate New York. And it's Christmas time, except now thing, things seem a little bit different. And what's different about it is every square inch of his hometown is decorated for Christmas. Everything is decorated for Christmas. There's garlands strung on the curb. There are lights on the fire hydrant. And when he goes to use the restroom at the building and loan, the toilet bowl seat is a wreath. Everything is decorated for Christmas. And one of the first people George uh, runs into is his old high school sweetheart, Mary. And Mary has stayed in the small town and she's heard about George's good fortune in the big city and asks him all about it. And um, George finds out that sadly Mary is a widow and has four children and they begin to spend time together and they spend day after day together. And George is uh, uh, somewhat astonished that he's able to spend all this time with Mary, but also astonished that everybody else in the town is able to spend all this free time too. It doesn't seem like anybody works. All anybody does is go ice skating and go to Christmas carnivals and go Christmas shopping and drink hot chocolate. And that's all George and Mary do as well. He also runs into two of his other good friends, uh, Bert and Ernie. Um, Bert had left Bedford Falls to become a police officer in New York, uh, but he came back a few years and uh, wound up opening up a small bakery. Ernie left to become a taxi cab driver, but he came back to open up a small bakery. And George realizes that there are all these small bakeries in town. In fact, the small town has more bakeries than any other town in America. And George suddenly realizes that with his skills as a real estate agent, he could make a very nice living there in, I said it before, Bedford Falls, name of the town. I just pulled that name out of oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. It sounds nice. Doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Very comforting. Yeah. I don't know about a wreath toilet seat. I don't know how comfy that would be, mm. but I'm willing yeah. to give it a shot in the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> um, but George suddenly realizes that he could set up a nice real estate agency there 
in Bedford Falls, selling commercial real estate to all of these people who are moving back to Bedford Falls from the big city to open up yet another bakery. And all these bakeries, they're able to exist with one another. They're all very mm. successful. But um, he, he realizes that um, he doesn't have the money to do this. So Mary starts to tell everyone in town that George doesn't have the money to open up his real estate agency. And they all come over to George's house with the money. And George brings out a basket. Everybody starts putting money in the basket so that George can open up his business. And it's at that moment that Clarice, the angel, turns to George and says, see, George, you really did have a very Hallmark movie life. <laughs> and George realizes that um, he this is uh, this is all he's he's needed. And as everybody starts donating the money, they all start singing. And then George's brother, Harry, the war hero, comes in. The fool flew all the way there in the blizzard. And George says, wait a minute, brother, Harry, wait a minute, war hero. And everybody says, never mind, just sing. Um, and so they all start singing Old Lang Syne. And as they do, a little bell on the Christmas tree rings. And Zuzu, Mary's daughter, says, look, mommy, teacher says every time a bell rings, a new Hallmark Christmas movie is made. And Mary says, yeah. That's about right. And they all <laughs> laugh. And then we have our very hallmark Christmas movie life. That's the inspired. End. The end. <laughs> I hope it I I hope the last shot we get is Mary Lou Henner flying away into the Christmas night right. with her new wings. <laughs> oh, she's doing backflips. <laughs> She's late for, for her shift at the uh, taxi company. <laughs> and Alan Arkin. <laughs> Alan Arkin, no. Wait, what's... Uh, Danny DeVito and Judd Hirsch? No, Judd Hirsch. Why, Judd, Judd Hirsch. Hirsch. Oh, my God, I ruined it. Judd Hirsch is sitting down there watching her flying away and go, what? What? No Hanukkah movie? <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't Hallmark know about Hanukkah? What's the matter with you people? <laughs> I would say they want to make her name her Clarice and make her more meta. I'd name it, uh, have Jodie Foster play her. Oh, well, can you still hear the bell, Clarice? <laughs> 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 so I'm guessing that this is based on Home Alone, the holiday heist. Close. Okay, close. Close. Very close. Swing and a uh, it's actually unaccompanied minors. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> How silly of me. That one's on me. <laughs> that, that old gem. <laughs> That's why I went first to get it out of the way. That's, I mean, yeah, because we all tried to get it. And so uh, this one's for you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, obviously based on my all-time favorite movie, my all-time favorite Christmas movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. So um, I had fun kind of reversing things and having George go back to uh, Bedford Falls. And I thought Bedford Falls would make a perfect Hallmark movie town at Christmas. So, yeah, it was fun to kind of uh, go through it and say, OK, so here was the plot. This is kind of the the paradigm of a Hallmark movie. Um, how do I line these up? And, and reversing it was kind of fun. I like it. And, uh... 
I almost wonder if there's nothing but bakeries in this small town. I think the perfect business for George to open would be like a maybe a 24-7 gym or something. <laughs> I love the the touch of just bakeries everywhere. Because every every Hallmark movie has a small town bakery. And it's yeah. usually someone's dream to keep it open right. or to open it or to <laughs> whatever. And I like the idea of like 27 people in the same town trying to keep all of their bakeries open at the same time. <laughs> There's a sequel called It's a Wonderful Bakery War. <laughs> oh. I mean the food network's gotta be all over that. I, it's a reality show it. it's a reality show and food network waiting to happen. <laughs> Any other thoughts? Scotty and Melissa. I really liked it. I thought it was a really cool spin on the on the story, and um, yeah, it was really great. I would definitely watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like uh, I'm. I'm honestly surprised that Hallmark Channel hasn't tapped into "It's a Wonderful Life" at this point. But um, I think Michael, I think uh, I think you should pitch this one to them. All right, I I think they must have. I feel like they've kind of. They had I, to have done a spin right? on it at yeah, some I, point. You have to, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I was even there thinking was, while I was doing this, I'm like, this this was this has probably been done already. <laughs> I mean that yeah, I mean if Scott but if Scotty doesn't know about it, maybe they haven't. Because I feel like if anyone would know. <laughs> now would there is Scotty. a there was a remake of It's a Wonderful Life starring Marlo Thomas from the eighties. That, that's what I was just trying to think of. The, yeah. the gender swap version. It was yeah. a gender swap version. It's very depressing. Like it doesn't have like the upbeat twists or um, the way that the way that the original one ended was a lot more uplifting. And I felt like the Marlo Thomas one was a bit of a slog. But, you know, I I might just need to watch it again. And I think that one had I think it had Angela Lansbury in it. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I want to say um, that. I think Cloris Leachman it's, played. Here we go. It happened one Christmas. That's what it was. Okay. 1977. And oh. I believe the angel was called Clarice. Oh. Clara. 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 Oh. Clara. Well, Clarice is from Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. 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 And guess who else was in this? Doris Roberts, the immortal. Fabulous. How funny. And oh, Orson okay. Welles, right? Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. that's right. He's like the as um, Potter. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Potter. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I think wow. that one's on YouTube because I feel like that's where I watched it. Because every December, I spend Saturday afternoons working on my computer and watching like long lost made for TV Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they made that one before It's a Wonderful Life really kind of became a thing. Oh, okay. And so maybe it wasn't as recognizable. And it's funny because I think like back then people probably watched it and they were like, oh, that was really entertaining. And then I picture years later when It's a Wonderful Life was in the public domain, people were like, hey, wait a minute. Ah, uh, <laughs> hey, you. What'd you do? <laughs> but, Michael, I appreciate also the the Hallmark movie that knows it's a Hallmark movie that <laughs> is inspired by Hallmark That's movies good. and celebrates Hallmark movies. <laughs> Like, I think it's like four or five layers of inception, but I respect that. 
You could say it's Thank Lifetime you. or Ion taking their shot at it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I think if I hope was it at the end. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that at the end. You know, if if George lives, I hope that um, Candace Cameron Bure is the one who ends up in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I was gonna say if Hallmark was listening, I go, "You had us at twenty-seven bakeries." Yeah, that's, that, that's a title right there. Twenty-seven well, I was bakeries. Just about to say that's a title. <laughs> Somebody write that down. That's right. Writing it down right now. He's, <laughs> these guys are these guys are spitting over here on this podcast. <laughs> That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> well, Melissa, that's two crossovers in a row where we've had the first person come out of the gate hot. Not since Craig Blaylock came out with Batman 89 meets Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Oh, wow. Somebody come out that hot with a crossover. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well done, Michael. Thank you. And now we put the pressure on Melissa, who's next in chronological order. I feel like I should just, you know, I'll just tear up my dear and, and that's it. Because it's not going to be any, be as good as okay, my... It's okay. Start off <laughs> slow. How many small town bakeries does your town have? 28. <laughs> 28. Ooh. <laughs> one extra one. <laughs> Maybe round it up to a nice number of 30. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, my movie is about a father who's an inventor. He's always traveling and, you know, him always traveling, doing business, things like that. Um, being so busy, he realizes, oh, Christmas is coming. Um, you know, it's not long, you know, not too long away. And so he realizes, well, he needs to get the perfect gift for his son. He needs to find the, the absolutely perfect thing. Um, so much searching, um, he finally finds the perfect thing. And he, re- he finds a pet. And the only thing is that this pet comes with a quite a list of rules so it's it's not going to be you know a simple thing to take care of um but he brings up brings the the pet home he gifts it to his son and lets him know that you know this is the rules that he has to follow and of course not long after that these rules are broken and from this a litter of puppies are born so they don't know what to do with all these because now shenanigans and failed puppy training ensue. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what to do. And so they they soon figure out that maybe these these puppies need a forever home. Um, maybe they just they need the right home and where they'll be taken care of the best and you know fit the personality of you know sort of the people um you know, that would take care of them. So they basically, they put them up for adoption and they, you know, eventually after quite a bit of time, um, 
they find their perfect donors and they all gather together at Christmas time to celebrate this. And um, basically, yeah, it's they all celebrate, they're all happy, and that's how it ends. <laughs> it's it's very light, fluffy, it's very much a hallmark. Uh, it's it's something you'd probably watch after a Christmas dinner and you're in a food coma. <laughs> I've I've not I've never heard Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas described so perfectly, Melissa. Well done. That's what you picked, right? <laughs> you nailed it. Of course you know. Yeah. <laughs> and the puppies just live happily ever after. Exactly. It's the all right. A litter of puppies Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great. None of them get disintegrated in a fountain. No. None of them run rampant in a Sears. No, no, just all right. Just happy puppies. <laughs> that's so perfect. The per- I don't need conflict after my Christmas dinner. I don't. I just want to I want to digest and see. It's like it's the Christmas version of the puppy bowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, like you know, a- usual puppy shenanigans, you know, they might, you know, maybe, you know, tear a few curtains or something or maybe try and knock down the tree or. You know, things like that. Yeah, adorable mischief. Yeah. Right. A good good double feature with uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. There you go. I don't think think puppies would go to a, you know, a pub or anything and, you know, party and play poker. (laughs) How many uh, chairlift deaths are in this movie? Uh, maybe one. <laughs> Just one, and it's Candace Cameron Bure. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing a theme here. Every now, every single pitch must must end in the demise of Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> Somebody was not a fan of Fuller House. Oh, I love Fuller House. Actually, <laughs> does she die in the last episode? Oh, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. I lost my way somewhere around season three, but I do like it. It is fun and ridiculous. It is. Of course. (laughs) That's fun. I love it. I'm having fun. I'm I'm happy to be part of this plane. I'm excited. So basically, um, if you haven't guessed, the movie that I picked was Gremlins. Oh, <laughs> so close. I thought it was that holiday gem Deck the Halls with Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how many, how many lesser Christmas movies can we shout out in this, in this episode? We'll see. <laughs> Let's find <laughs> out. Pantus Cameron Bure death, I think. I know, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it our new drinking game. <laughs> and I thought I was close with Emma and Otter. Mm, really close. I mean, they're cute little fuzzy creatures, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. I got that part right. <laughs> I thought that was fun, Melissa. I... I had a feeling it was gremlins and then when you started talking about puppies i was like oh no what's gonna happen here but um (laughs) i i like that everything turned out nice at the end and i think that would 
coincide very well with a Hallmark lifetime style uh, Christmas movie. So, um, yeah, like Andy said, I'd, I'd sit down and watch this after Christmas dinner. Just puppy shenanigans. That'd be a blast. <laughs> so it should be called puppy shenanigans <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> Uh, puppy shenanigans to the new litter. <laughs> I can't wait for this scene where the mom takes on all the puppies when she's home alone baking cookies. Puppy in a microwave. Okay. Yeah. I don't don't eat all those cookies, puppy. You're gonna get sick. As long as we keep the great "Do you hear what I hear?" music. Yes classic that's my favorite scene in gremlins is mom versus the gremlins to the tune of do you hear what i hear well do you know why that's your favorite scene because it's the best scene just... in gremlins <laughs> it's, it's so true. good it's so good mom oh, versus yeah. the gremlins it's just it's iconic yeah i was at a bar last year for my tug club's christmas party and all this drama happened around me I'm, my eyes are glued to the screen because that's what was on the tv at the bar was gremlins and it was that scene like i don't care about what's going on right next to me gremlins mom but you're right in 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 the puppy shenanigans version it's just them like getting into the batter and the frosting and (laughs) and and causing mischief and her just chasing them around and it's like a jaunty quirky version of do you hear what i hear (laughs) (laughs) performed by atlantic star (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> obviously it goes without saying really scott come on <laughs> great choice melissa yeah yeah i had a feeling both of us would have picked gremlins if we didn't share our answers in advance yeah would <laughs> have. <laughs> any other thoughts on uh puppy movie the puppy shenanigans the movie (laughs) well i think that a puppy movie is always welcome at the hallmark channel they always lean into puppies and kitties when they can i think (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i think i think it's got a good chance yeah i agree very done very well done melissa all right next up we have scotty all right well in this film Hallmark Channel's red-haired ingenue, Alicia Witt, stars as Patch, an elf at the North Pole who dreams of being a master toy maker. She is well-liked by her fellow elves, and one day her friend, Gumdrop, says, Patch, you always do things for others. It's time you do something for yourself. So, Patch takes it into consideration. And she hears that Santa Claus, played by Steve Gutenberg, announced that he's retiring and looking for a successor. He will decide this by having a toy-making competition. At the suggestion of Patch's friend and mentor, Mrs. Claus, played by Delta Burke, Patch decides to enter. Clever Patch has always had a knack for tinkering and big ideas. She created an automatic toy-making contraption. Santa was impressed and picked Patch over fellow elf contestant, Puffy. On Santa's last flight, he delivers Patch's toys, but it was a disaster. The toys broke and were all sent back to the North Pole. Old Santa Claus's reputation is shattered. 
Patch is crestfallen and pulls herself from the running of taking the Santa Claus mantle and decides to leave the North Pole. Mrs. Claus had always favored Patch and gave her a handful of her special recipes, as Patch might miss the sweet treats of her Northland home. Patch headed south and ended up in Holly Falls, Vermont, a small town run by a giant toy corporation called BZ Toys. Holly Falls was once a happy town, but the CEO of BC Toys, the tyrannical BZ Scrooge, played by Canada's handsomest man, Antonio Cupo, corrupted the fair hamlet with his big city greed. Patch rented a room at Hattie's Bed and Breakfast there in downtown Holly Falls. Kindly yet nosy Hattie gave Patch a tip that BZ Toys was hiring, but cautioned her about the miserly CEO. Patch was hired as the executive assistant to BZ himself. And BZ's first request of her was a large non-fat dairy-free mocha frappuccino latte streamed with soy milk with two pumps of peppermint and a shot of espresso and no whipped cream. <laughs> Patch said, all I know That's how good. to make is black coffee or hot chocolate. My hot cocoa won awards at the North Pole. It even tied with Mrs. Claus's recipe. North Pole, BZ cackled as he shook his fat, ash-dripping cigar. What are you, some sort of elf? As the days passed, BZ and Patch had highs and lows with several will-they-won't-they moments. One day, BZ berated his executives as they were unable to come up with a hot item for the upcoming Christmas season. Patch, who had not lost her pep or Christmas spirit, even under BZ's tyrannical oppression, piped up and made a suggestion while she was setting up the catering in the meeting room. She said, I've got a little magic left for my old job. Can I submit an idea for approval? BZ agreed. He hated to admit it, but Patch had started to slowly melt his icy heart. Patch demonstrated her special candy canes. When she took one lick, she lifted off the ground and floated it into the sky like one of Santa's reindeer. BZ got dollar signs in his eyes. When his executives knocked around the price tag, bright-eyed Patch said, we should give it out for free. BZ yelled, for free! <laughs> BZ's number one, Towser, said it might be brilliant, might be a brilliant marketing strategy and help with the company's bad public reputation as of late. Patch insisted that she oversee the production of the candy herself. That was her only sticking point. BZ puffed on his cigar and said, I guess it's negotiable. <laughs> as he pondered, who is this mysterious Patch? BZ invited Patch to dinner at McDonald's, <laughs> citing that you don't become a billionaire by spending your big bucks on fancy meals. Despite the commercialized setting, the two realized their small kindling flame for one another had become a full-blown Christmas crush amid the fresh scent of Big Macs and French fries. Patch showed BZ her stash of secret elf dust, the secret ingredient in her magical candy canes. Later that night, in Mrs. Hattie's kitchen, Patch showed BZ how to make her special candy canes. Aside from a playful, flirty flower fight, Patch shared the most important piece of the recipe. You must balance the elf dust with the highest quality Norwegian peppermint oil. It helps keep the powerful magic in check. As Patch stared lovingly into BZ's eyes, the old Scrooge BZ snatched up her room key, 
When Patch fell asleep that night, old BZ grinchily sneaked into her room and stole her special Sub-Zero container of elf dust and brought it back to his mansion. BZ immediately put the candy canes into production, but to cut costs, he used standard peppermint oil as it was cheaper. A week later, just after the candy canes were shipped out across the world, an explosion blew up at the BC mansion. The mean old Grinch panicked, and his tiny heart grew two sizes in an instant. All he thought about was the safety of his niece, Cordelia, who lived in the mansion. BZ and Patch rushed to the mansion and breathed a sigh of relief when they saw Cordelia in the attached barn in the back of the mansion sharing her dinner with a wayward runaway named Joe. BZ told Patch, her elf that he stole her elf dust. She revealed that it could be volatile if it were stored at a room temperature above freezing for too long. And Norwegian peppermint oil was the only thing that kept it stable in her candy canes. BZ realized what he had done and came clean. Patch felt like a fool for trusting him. We have to go get all those candy canes back or millions of Christmas mornings will go up in a puff of smoke. But how can we go across the world in just one night? Patch winked as she coyly said, Oh, I may know a guy. Patch calls old Santa Claus, who swoops in and invites Patch and BZ to join him on the sleigh that night to perform a huge un-delivery. All the while, Patch remained icy towards BZ for his deception. As always, old Santa worked his magic, and all the volatile candy canes were collected and tossed into space. Santa tells Patch he can think of no one better to take up the mantle of Santa Claus than her. Not only did, she, did her Christmas spirit melt the heart of the icy, beezy Scrooge, but she saved the world, despite the fact that she was the one that put it in danger in the first place, technically. Patch accepted and said, hey, Santa. About that fluffy white beard? Is that negotiable? She looked at BZ and said, I guess you had a bigger effect on me than I thought. BZ said, no, you had a bigger effect on me. At that moment, the discarded candy canes floating in the lower atmosphere were ignited by a passing Christmas comet and exploded like red and white fireworks in the wintry sky. Amid the magical moment, Patch and BZ stared into each other's eyes. Her anger faded and they shared a yuletide kiss. Better pack your long underwear, handsome. You'll need it for where we're headed. <laughs> the end. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Story you. time with Scott Hopkins. Anyone know what movie that might be? Well, with the McDonald's tie-in, I assumed it was 1986 classic Mac and Me. <laughs> 1985 Santa Claus the movie. Oh. We do love that. Yeah. Yes. No. That's I Scotty, I never realized how snugly the story of Santa Claus the movie could fit into the Hallmark model. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. that was was really well done. Thank you. I mean, I had to throw out the whole section of the origin of Santa Claus, but uh, for those of you who may not know, Alicia Witt famously slash 
regrettably actually played Santa Claus in a Hallmark Channel Christmas movie, and it was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it was called Christmas at Cartwrights, and Alicia Witt ends up playing Santa Claus with a beard and pretending to be <laughs> the man himself. Oh and my it's gosh. bonkers. And so I thought, I think I'm going to merge a couple of things here. <laughs> <laughs> You could have had her in you a dual role as Santa people. and Patch. Right? Dual role. Well, I had thought about having pa- um, Santa Claus played by um, Kathy Bates. But I went with Steve Gutenberg because he plays one of my favorite weirdest versions of Santa ever in that movie with Crystal Bernard. <laughs> that is, it's a really weird. That's a really weird. <laughs> it's very weird. And he does this really strange laugh where he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy. You, you sold me at Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> He's you talent. sold me at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the small town would have a McDonald's in it because it's Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. Of course. We have to have that cross sponsorship. Yes, yeah. And the ice cream machine is never broken. Right. Especially in a town like Holly Falls. Yeah. I, I also appreciated the inclusion of Hattie. Oh, yeah. Hattie's a staple. She was a non-negotiable. Yeah. So Hattie is and there's two Hallmark Channel Christmas movies that take place in a town called Garland. And there's this nosy, cantankerous woman named Hattie who runs a diner. And she's one of those like um, secondary characters that really makes an impression. <laughs> <laughs> And now she's a mainstay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ridiculously overcomplicated coffee order that these big city folks always oh, try to give. Yes. Yeah. Was that dialogue right from a movie, Scott? The 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 coffee order. I had you- to study a couple of them, but I remember every. I um. So I watched all of my Hallmark Channel uh, and Lifetime Christmas movies on an app called Friendly. And so I always leave the closed captioning on and I screen cap certain scenes that are ridiculous. And I always send them to Andy and Michael and um, I always get the coffee order. I always screen grab the (laughs) coffee order because Candace Cameron always orders a complicated coffee order in every movie in a small town. And they just go, we just got black coffee. (laughs) Well, she didn't meet her demise in your film. So is she choking in the background? (laughs) <laughs> oh, Andy, you're the expert. How did Candace Cameron meet her end in this movie? Well, you see, when Santa comes in to save the day and do an undelivery, uh, <laughs> he's in such a rush that he and the reindeer run over Candace Cameron Beret. Oh, <laughs> Candace Cameron got ran over by a reindeer. Yeah, which resulted in another hit Christmas song called Candace Cameron Got Run Over by a Reindeer. and i guess at this point i'll say scott i thought that your movie was based on that direct-to-video gem jingle all the way Two," starring larry the cable oh yeah it the rare sequel that surpasses the original i I do like larry the cable guy was promoting that somewhere he said yeah it starts where the original left off on dvd (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, Larry the Cable Guy and Arnold Schwarzenegger are essentially interchangeable. Same Pretty difference. much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's now going to be uh, Mr. Freeze in the next Batman movie. <laughs> uh, I'd see it. <laughs> well, I had to include Delta Burke as Mrs. Claus because there is a movie, the live-action version of the year without a santa claus where delta burke plays mrs claus and she doesn't get enough credit for it because she's it's a good casting i think she needs to play it more often she's a good mrs claus you're right Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with you bring a little southern charm to it (laughs) (laughs) i like it scotty great job thank you thank you yeah any other thoughts I'd watch it. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'd watch it. I love Santa Claus the movie, and I love Alicia Witt. So, can't go wrong. <laughs> All right, so, Excellent. we now we now open the floor to Mr. DiGenova and the fourth fate of Candace Cameron Bure. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, okay. My movie stars a young successful professional woman because don't they all (laughs) except this one her name is gretchen and gretchen she works for a large real estate developer in downtown chicago you know she's living the best life but here's the thing it's christmas time and she's not a big fan of christmas she doesn't like it she thinks it's annoying she thinks it's loud it's distracting and it's mostly materialistic so she's got no time for christmas it's just something that gets in her way on her climb to the top but because she has no problem working over christmas she's going to get sent on an assignment for her real estate company see she's got this hard-nosed boss her boss named is susan and her boss is going to be played by maureen mccormick hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marsha Brady herself and Gretchen. uh, She's got to be like witty and snarky and funny. So I think that uh, I would have picked Alicia Whip, but Scott already took her. Um, So I'm thinking Kimberly Susted. Oh, yes. Um, We love her. She's in the nine lives of Christmas. Um, I could also accept Jodie Sweetin because Jodie Sweetin could be funny and sarcastic as well. But Gretchen's got to be funny and sarcastic and snarky. But There's a town, a small town in the mountains that just loves Christmas. And Susan, the boss, has big plans. She wants to try and find a way to buy this town for pennies on the dollar and then turn it into a mountain resort. So she sends Gretchen to go do some reconnaissance. Gretchen heads there with her assistant. She's making her poor assistant work during Christmas. His name's Max. He's a sweet little gay guy who comes with her. Uh, And so they head off to this small town, uh, Holidayville. And it's in the mountains, and they end up staying in a a little lodge on the side of the mountain. And when they get to their room, it's all decorated for Christmas, like everything in every Hallmark movie. And Gretchen's, ugh, gross. And so she takes down all the Christmas stuff in her room and shoves it all in the closet. So the whole lodge is decorated for Christmas with the exception of her room. It's all just dank and boring, like a, you know like a Motel 6 that's $79.99 in the middle of nowhere. No wreath toilet seats for her? No, no, ma'am. Just hard white toilet seats on her cold white butt. <laughs> um, 
but she's gonna find she's she's in this lodge looking out over Holidayville. It's all Christmassy, and she just is not a fan. But she's got to do her job, so she goes down into town. She pretends to be a reporter, and she's gonna do a story on Holidayville. That way, everyone will talk to her, and she can learn more about the town, how it ticks, how they make their money. Try to find an opportunity for maybe how they could buy the town. So she starts interviewing people around town. She meets the mayor, Mayor Hoover. And Mayor Hoover is played by Barry Williams. Mm-hmm. Greg Brady. Nice. Yeah. And he's like overly friendly. He's really cheesy and like maybe a little too nice. But that's okay, right? He's the mayor of Christmas Town. He couldn't be bad. Certainly not. Um, but then she meets a young, handsome man named Sidney. Sidney Lou. And Sidney Lou, he he helps set up all the different things around town. He's a single dad, because aren't they all? Um, but he helps set up all the different celebrations around town. And so when he and Gretchen meet, you know, they have a little tete-a-tete. They go back and forth because she doesn't like Christmas and he loves it. And he's like, there's no way nobody could love Christmas. That's ridiculous. You just haven't done it right. So he decides that this next week while she's in town... She's going to be his pet project, and he's going to show her how fun Christmas could be. So he shows her around town, and they do all these Christmas activities together. They, uh, you know, they go Christmas tree shopping. They volunteer. You know, they wrap presents. They, uh, of course, they bake Christmas cookies because they have to. And as they're doing all these things, like you see that Gretchen's kind of enjoying herself. Despite herself, she's still kind of having fun. She's like, ah. But it's all leading up to the big Christmas Eve celebration. There's a huge celebration of the town square on Christmas Eve. And because Gretchen's been caught up with Sydney, Susan, her boss, has not been hearing from her. So Susan shows up in Holidayville. She's like, well, you got a job to do. We're going to do it. We find out that Susan is in cahoots with the mayor. Yeah, they're working together because they're going to be able to sell the town and this make a mint off of it. So we get the the wonderful uh, reuniting of Marsha and Greg Brady. And what the hell? Let's make a make out. Why not? It's something we've all wanted to see since 1969. <laughs> uh, so um, it's the big Christmas Eve party, and Sydney's like, I know, I'm, I know the best thing. Oh, I didn't, I forgot to mention, Sydney's played by Brandon Routh. We might as well reunite Kimberly Susted and Brandon Routh because they're both so charming. So, yes, that's who's playing Sydney. Good and turn. Yeah, right? They're, they have chemistry. They mm. do. I hope, um, uh, I hope Sydney Lou is no more than 32. Uh, no, no, he's not. Um, because then you get shuttled off to Lifetime. Oh, yeah. It's just like Menudo. Like, you expire at a certain age. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, unbeknownst to Gretchen... Sydney has signed her up to like be a part of the big Christmas show that happens, the big tree lighting. And when this happens, she gets really mad and really embarrassed and she didn't want all this. And now she feels like she's being forced into something she didn't want to do. So she's really unhappy with Sydney. And when this big celebration happens, it all culminates in this like big gift exchange and everybody's giving gifts and they're all giving gifts to the mayor. And the mayor's just sitting there being like, yes, of course, I'm great. Give me stuff. And this is just too much for her to take. So she kind of has a freak out. She freaks out on Sydney. She's reminded why Christmas is so stupid and pointless and materialistic. And she leaves in a huff. 
but she's over it. So she's angry and she looks at this town and she sees this town as a sham and she's going to teach him a lesson. And she knows the best way to take this town down a peg and at the same time lower their property values. She's going to steal Christmas. <laughs> Max helps her make a Santa Claus suit and over the cover of night, she steals all the presents from all the houses. She takes them all back up to her, her barren room in the lodge and she watches the town on Christmas morning. The lights come up. All the people walk outside. But they start wishing each other Merry Christmas. They sing songs. They're happy as can be. And when she sees this, she realizes the true beauty and the meaning of Christmas. And her heart grows. She smiles and she feels bad. And Susan's like, no, we've done it. We've taken Christmas from this town. And she says, no, Susan, this is not the way. And she realizes that they've been wor- she's been working with the mayor. And so she goes back down. She tells off Susan. She confesses. She returns the presents. She exposes the mayor for the humbug that he is. And Sydney knew that there was good in her all along. They kiss. And... It's Christmas morning. Like oh, I forgot to say when she stole the presents, she also sabotaged the Christmas tree so it wouldn't light up anymore. So once she confessed and everyone forgives her and she's happy, she and Sydney have like one last romantic kiss. The snow is falling and she fixes the Christmas tree. And when it lights back up, some of the lights are wrapped around one villager. And that one <laughs> villager is horribly electrocuted and dies (laughs) and that villager is played by candace cameron (laughs) and that's the end wow is it is it um that joel McHale, robin williams movie a merry friggin christmas uh, yes that's you got it nailed it perfect yeah. how did you know <laughs> i know i know you i i must have just done a really good job <laughs> <laughs> now that was uh that was really impressive that's <clears throat> much like scotty's uh the story that she chose i never realized how well it could fit in as a hallmark movie but um uh, I love how creatively uh, you did that. So that was really cool. Yeah, I love it. I hope the whole story is narrated with a rhyme, too. Oh, you oh, know yeah. what? If I had had more time, I could I could have done that. But maybe next time. This, this was a lot of homework as it was, Jared. I wrote you a whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't got time to make a rhyme. And you and you did not disappoint with uh, <laughs> Candace Cameron's uh, upcoming. I was just thinking that too. I'm like, she's gonna get electrocuted by lights, isn't she? That's <laughs> as she should. <laughs> wow, I bravo! Like, yeah, I I didn't know for sure until I heard her assistant Max, and I was like, oh, mm. I know. Yeah, this yeah. I mean, and, and like during the heist, he probably does wear like a super cute little reindeer outfit. Cause like, why not? Of course. Yeah, he does. Of course. I love he might, Max he might, already. He might prance a little, you know? I like him already. Yeah. He's going to be the fan favorite. There should be, there should be someone in town that he, he gets together with. Like maybe there's like a, a holiday light designer who does like the windows or something. And then, and they have like a little subplot romance. 
Oh. I didn't write that in. I'm just making that up as we go. But <laughs> I just feel I just feel like it's Christmas and Max should also fall in love. He should. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you gotta you gotta leave spinoff bait too. That's true. Yeah. I mean, but now you can have same sex couples because um Candace Cameron Bure has left the network. That's true. So good riddance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was real hoping since you have such a distaste for Candace Cameron Bure that, ironically, you should have done Kirk Cameron Saves Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, that's true. That oh is, man. That would mean I'd have to watch that. And I really don't want to do that. <laughs> that's, why I watch, uh, that's why I watch the cinema snob watch it and let him make fun of it. Okay, good. I'll send it to you. Great. Cameron saves Christmas except his sister. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That is my version of how the Grinch stole Christmas. I like I, it. Yeah. I love it. It seems like something I'd be watching on Hallmark going, wait a minute. Wait <laughs> a minute. You're just retelling yes. the Grinch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> As all the best Hallmark movies do. <laughs> Where you you're like oh what is oh I see right. what you're, did you have you seen what's the Lindsay Lohan one that's on Netflix right now Falling for Christmas, which oh, by the oh, way you were telling me about that. by the way I recommend, um but it's essentially just Overboard, oh, really <laughs> yeah but that's okay it's good yeah you should watch it. That's why like, I didn't do Overboard it would feel like cheating. <laughs> like wait a minute where's Kurt Russell. Andy, nicely done. Nicely Thanks. done. Thanks. Merry Christmas. I hope Brendan Routh, uh, after he's done with that film, he goes and starts a punk band. Much like how uh, Cindy Lou, who from the live action Grinch yes. has her own band now. Yes, so, she does. Right, the yeah. Pretty Reckless. Are they not bad? No, they're not. I got a couple of their songs. I, I got to meet Clint Howard uh, two years ago at a convention here and uh, oh, talked to him cool. a little bit about the Grinch. Yeah. Oh, cool. Fun times. Well, uh, everybody loves maybe Howard. He's that's the character. Maybe the mayor's assistant is the one who ends up with Max. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's better. We'll do that. Let's do that. Sorry, rewrites happening now. <laughs> You'll get the new pages second, by nine. <laughs> second draft coming. Yep, yep. Thanks, guys. This has been really helpful. <laughs> You're really helping me work through some of the story problems. Glad we could workshop it. Yeah, this is great. Hold on, let me get out my whiteboard. <laughs> well, I guess it's on me. Mm -hmm. So bring us home, man. All right, no pressure whatsoever. <laughs> so instead of telling a, a tale about one single hardworking gal, I'm going to tell a tale about a, a family. Let's say the matriarch of this family is played by, I'm going to use one we haven't used yet tonight, Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> She's the matriarch of the Angel family, a well-to-do family in the, what's a busy city in Ohio? Let's say Cincinnati. They decide they need to move back to their small town because life is just getting too busy for them. So they move back to small town Ohio to, wouldn't you know it, open a bakery. <laughs> but here's the thing is Sarah, she only wants to she wants to bring her high life, 
of Cincinnati back to the small town with her and make all these fancy high-end treats. But lo and behold, she finds out that these fancy treats aren't selling as well as they used to, or, or not at all, because people in this small town Ohio, they love their gingerbread men. They love their sugar cookies. What's all this stuff? Put on eggnog. Oh, was it eggnog? Uh, can't think of the word I'm thinking of right now. But they don't want fancy high blend treats for their Christmas. They want the traditional stuff. So uh, things aren't going so well at home for Sarah and her family. Uh, business is failing. Her mother-in-law, Ami, I'm burying the lead there, am I? Uh, her mother-in-law tells tales of the old world, how it used to be Christmas time, everybody likes the simple stuff. Nothing so fancy. Got to get to know the, new, the true meaning of Christmas. Well, flustered, Sarah goes back to her store. Looks out across the way when you see that her sister and her obnoxious brother-in-law and family have opened up an ornament store right across the street. And these guys are just as loud and obnoxious as they get out. Because don't we all love our family like that sometimes, especially during the holidays? Like, imagine Uncle Frank times a thousand. <laughs> so, uh, this doesn't help Sarah's problems at all. It just starts cursing the name of Christmas outright. About ready to burn the whole shop down, right down to the, right down to the floor. I'm not a writer. I'm no Michael Lyons. So bear with me. I'm an improver. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, terrible snowstorm hits the small town in Ohio. Worst the town's ever seen. But Sarah, determined as ever to make this thing work, as flustered as she is, goes in. Not a single soul comes in because of the weather. Stays all night, open all night. Not a single customer. Still cursing the name of Christmas. Goes home. Says she'll try it again the next day. That night, all of the offhand ornaments that her brother-in-law and sister sell across the street start to come to life. Follow her home that night in the storm. After they destroy the store, of course. Smash up the bakery. What have you. Sarah comes in the next morning, finds a trail of wreckage her whole way to the shop, between her home and the shop, and sees that her shop is just in shambles. Able to fix it up, just as upset and flustered as always, but still determined. Willing to bend a little bit, she decides to go with traditional. So she decides to make your typical gingerbread cookies. Puts them out. But something's wrong with the gingerbread cookies. They start to move. They start causing chaos. Hmm. Luckily, brother-in-law's <laughs> dog's there to save the day. <laughs> so poor Sarah just can't catch a break this Christmas. 
I thought I'd bring this fancy Cincinnati Christmas back home to our small town. And what do I get? I get blizzards. I get Path of Destruction. I get killer Christmas cookies for some reason. <laughs> she starts to fall on her knees and start crying. Why? What have I done to deserve this? Looks out the front window and sees these ornaments, these creatures, just coming closer and closer and closer. Jack in the boxes, angels, teddy bears, what have you. Going out in the still blizzarding snow, Sarah starts to follow them. They start leading her down the cold and barren streets to the backwoods, just a few where the Christmas carnival is, of course, because why not? <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, Sarah comes face to face with a hooved creature wearing the face of Candace Cameron Bure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to find a way to one up Andy somehow. <laughs> and it's this creature that puts the fear of Christmas into Sarah's heart. <laughs> And it makes her realize that it's the simple things that matter. She has an Ebenezer Scrooge type moment, I would say. She falls to her knees, begs for another chance to make this work. No dice. The creature picks up Sarah, drops her in her own mixing bowl, whips her up, stirs her up. The next day, Sarah wakes up. Has it all been a horrible dream as she walks to the store, to the bakery, as she's forced to relive that day over and over and over again of walking to her shop, the rejection of the small town, rejecting her high city treats. Seeing her obnoxious family open a business right across from the way. And then all the destruction and the killer gingerbread men. I end on the downer. I don't watch Lifetime, so I think I think they need to throw a downer in there every now and then, I think. <laughs> so that, would be, forced... that would be Hallmark movies and mysteries as opposed to the Hallmark channel proper. That's true. They put the They're... more depressing one on that channel. So like there you have go. a little Christmas in there too. Yeah, so. diversify. So, yeah, that's my story. Sarah's forced to relive her uh, lack of small-town Christmas spirit over and over and over again. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. I think that was wow. Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I yeah. I was thinking was that or uh, a Harold and Kumar very 3D Christmas. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> that was good. But I was actually doing Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, actually not not far off. But then the honey baked ham would come to life. Oh, yeah. that honey baked ham that's legendary. Yeah, it's it's a, it's all oh, the whole third act of the movie. Well, can, you, can you imagine Melissa Joan Hart with the Botox trying to eat the oranges? <laughs> Oh god. She would make it work. I love me some Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah. I'll let her explain it all every day. <laughs> well, if you couldn't figure out what I picked, it's obvious because I'm a shitty storyteller. But uh 
I picked a 2004, cla- no, 2015 classic, uh, Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. Went a little little Christmas horror on us. Yeah. Melissa started are. there and was like, no, cute puppies. You were like, no, <laughs> a living hell where you must live the worst day of your life forever. Yeah. Why not? I do like the idea of it on the Hallmark Mysteries and Movies, though. I yeah, that, it belongs there. Yeah. Needs a little palate cleanser, you know. And I, I like that you incorporated the bakery in there. I thought that was, <laughs> that was well done. <laughs> well, well, the trick was how do I turn – because I told Melissa off air. I'm like, you know what? I want to do Krampus as a joke, but how do I turn it into a Christmas film? And the only thing I could think of is like a Chetta Farrell complaining about the fancy food the whole time in Krampus. I'm like, well, there it is. She wants to open a small-town bakery. She wants to do all the high-end stuff. Nobody's yeah. going for it. I like that it was about her, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, wanted, I, I messed up, but I should have wrote the stuff down. I should have had the grandmother talking about the old country. Later on, she encountered a similar creature when she was walking home with her hot cocoa and the villagers spilled it everywhere. <laughs> I couldn't live up the puppy shenanigans, so I had to go with gingerbread men shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You could do a sequel to both, and it could be gingerbread men versus puppies. Oh, I'd watch yeah, that. Yeah, the yeah. final battle. Yeah, <laughs> is Charles Brand still a thing? Because I think he, that's him all over it. That's good. I, I don't know if I know who that is. Charles Brand. He does a lot of those B horror movies. Like oh, does really he? Bad ones. It, sound, like, it sounds pup, like vaguely familiar, but yeah, I couldn't place it. Like Sorry. Puppet Master, Ghoulies, uh, like all oh, those okay. ones. It's either them or is it? Full Moon Studios or something like that. They're always yeah. those really low budget things, you know. Right. It's it's it as an opportunity to bring back Gary Busey as the ginger dead man. Oh, oh nice. That would be yeah. there's a deep pull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I got it, so I don't know what that says about us. <laughs> we all had uh, we all had an hour and a half to kill a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey's never done anything bad. No, nope. <laughs> High standards. <laughs> I remember Melissa and I talking about Krampus a few years ago on our on our show. We talked about uh, David Keckner's Uncle Howard in this in in uh, Krampus. Would you guys say it was Uncle Howard worse or better than Uncle Frank in Home Alone? Oh man. Hmm. Yeah, Uncle Frank is pretty awful. Yeah. It's a tough call. But I think I want to say Uncle Howard might be worse because he's a little more like, like, I feel like if you ignore Uncle Frank, he'll mostly ignore you. (laughs) Whereas, like, I don't think Uncle Howard would. He's just always, like, in your face being, you know, being obnoxious. Yeah, just buy Uncle Frank something. He'll be happy. Exactly, right? Just let him do his thing. Stay out of his way. Yeah, let him steal your silverware. Yeah. That could also be another movie, Uncle Howard versus Uncle Frank. (laughs) I'd watch it. I think Uncle Frank might get visited by three ghosts one Christmas Eve. Yeah. And they're all Macaulay Culkin. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Do you know who else would benefit from a visit by three ghosts? 
Who? Candace Cameron. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm curious as to who the three ghosts would be played by. Oh my He's God. Jody Sweet and Mary Kay Nashley. Dave Coulier. I mean, Dave Coulier <laughs> would be a, a fabulous Ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> oh, yes. He's so jolly. Uh, Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy yes. Oh, my God, a full house Christmas carol. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's my choice. <laughs> Let me go back. Forget everything else. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I could say, could say you have Jody Sweden be one, then you just split up Mary-Kate and Ashley. We could do that, too. Yeah. Yeah, you have Uncle Jesse's little twins be, uh, be those creepy kids under the, the ghost's robe. Were oh they ignorance and want? <laughs> yeah. It would be them. That's pretty good casting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd make it. for a, a horrific double feature with your Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. We have to watch that one first so we understand why the Krampus is wearing her face. Yes. <laughs> Prequel. I'm so lost. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Why is he wearing Candace Cameron's face? Oh, I should have watched the other one first. <laughs> that was a that was fun. I'd I'd actually become a fan of Lifetime movies now, <laughs> or Hallmark movies now. They're very addictive. They are. I suggest you you do some sampling this season and and enjoy yourself. I might have to. There's um, some yeah. good ones out there. Is there any you guys had that you were thinking about? At the last second, because I was thinking about Batman Returns, because you think about it, Michelle Pfeiffer's story arc, and that is essentially the setup of a Hallmark movie. Mm, mm, yeah, that's true. I could definitely see that. I would definitely get behind a Hallmark Christmas movie through the eyes of Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. You got to throw the French flipper trick in there, though. Only instead of the random guy from the circus getting blown up the dynamite, it's Candace Cameron Beret. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So there's, uh, if Hallmark is listening, which I know they are. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we just pitched five films to you for next year. Yeah. So you got, they could think of the other 270. We gave them five. <laughs> yeah, because they make like 40 or 50 new ones a year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, these people do not want Candace Cameron Bure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you a question? Do you know why we're throwing so much shade at Candace Cameron? Like, have you have you seen any of this? Uh, I have not actually. Okay. Well, well just I'm Google watching. some of her recent comments. You know, uh, Candace well, Cameron those, Bure news. She she changed networks because Hallmark was getting a little too inclusive for her tastes, and I'm like, mm, girl, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hallmark, poor Hallmark. They lost both their full house stars. One's in jail and the other one's getting canceled. They get they got they got Jody Sweden. Oh, they got her. So the They got Jody Sweden. She's great. That was, that was the fallback after Lori Laughlin went to prison. I know. I think she's out now. Right? I don't know. I think so. 
I think so. I think it was I think it was one of those like prison stays with air quotes where she was like in and out in a couple weeks. <laughs> She's on ion now. Rich people oh. don't go to prison like the rest of us. <laughs> Just like Paris Hilton. Yep. Nothing says Christmas like talking, throwing a little dirty laundry in the mix, eh? <laughs> How did this become checking out of all the full house stars? <laughs> all our Hallmark pitches. Plus, how do we feel about the cast of Full House? Bob Saget, we miss you. R.I.P. Dave Coulier, what did you do to Alanis Morissette? <laughs> That's a deep cut, too. Guys, thank you for coming on. This was fun. Oh, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, I'm disappointed you didn't come up with the Lemon Drop Kid, though, for yours. I think it's because I'm the only one who knows what that movie is, and maybe both of you, because we talked about it on last year's show. Um, so I, it really would have been a guessing game if I said, anyone know what movie I'm doing? We'd still <laughs> be here trying to guess it. <laughs> Come on, guys! It's been five hours. Throw out a guess, right? <laughs> Santa Claus Three: The Escape Clause. Anything? <laughs> oh, you joke! But it was an option. <laughs> <laughs> Santa falls in love with Jack Frost. Go! Mm, oh, who wouldn't fall in love with Martin Short? He's you one know, of the best the things that come world, out of Canada besides Melissa. The, the whole world has fallen in love with Martin Short. <laughs> and that's true. <laughs> Melissa, please tell me you have a framed photo of him in your house somewhere. Uh, I don't. <laughs> oh. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so worse to a Canadian. <laughs> I guess I need to do this then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I mean we, can, we have framed photos Clifford. of, like, Adam Sandler. Like, they give them to us when we're born. <laughs> and we just put them in our house. <laughs> fun times. Fun times. <laughs> I did I did joke about, I did joke with Melissa about picking Lemon Drop Kid. Really? Wow. Michael figured out. But <laughs> I chickened out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who's next year yeah I'll start working on that I'll actually write it down this time instead of <laughs> improving it uh, well, guys thank you for coming on Scotty we'll have to have you on again and Andy and Michael you guys are always welcome back yeah thank you yeah thank you so much thank you it was, it was good being here and uh, we appreciate the invite yeah absolutely uh, Scotty, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose? I am on a couple other podcasts, including Why Not Futurama with Andy DiGenova and From Pencils to Pixels with Michael Lyons. And I'm also on Twitter as Scott Hopkins76. Thank you. Yeah. Two great shows right there. Thank you. Michael? Yeah, I'm also out there on Twitter at MLionsFL. Um, and uh, you've been nice enough. And Scotty just uh, mentioned um, from Pencils to Pixels, the animation celebration podcast that Scott and I co-host. And uh, Jared, you were nice enough to be on our Christmas episode. So um, 
anyone out there, keep uh, keep an eye and an ear out for that. Um, and uh, Andy and I co-host Disorder, every Disney film with Hunter Fagan. Um, and I do uh, write a blog, screensaver, a retro review of TV shows and movies of yesteryear, and contribute articles to Animation Scoop and cartoon research to animation websites. Um, and my book, Drawn to Greatness, Disney's Animation Renaissance from Theme Park Press, is available on Amazon. And you can actually uh, purchase uh, uh, signed and personalized copies over at my website, Words from Lions, which is uh, wordsfromlions.com. That's L-Y-O-N-S.com. And you can keep up with the book and podcast episode and um, articles and anything new I have going on uh, there. So um, thank you both again and uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays, Michael. And uh, Andy. Yeah, thanks. Um, I do Disorder with uh, Michael, and we're working on our Christmas episode right now. I do Why Not Futurama with Scotty, and then me, Michael, and Scotty will be doing the Real Fans for Real Movies annual Christmas special very soon. Um, we do two. We do a, a commercial special and a, a Christmas special special. And so those will be coming up in the next couple of weeks, which we're excited about. And then there's also Holy Backcast. All the shows are part of the Real Fans Network at rf4rm.com. Uh, or you can just follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Letterboxd. It's just my name, Andy DiGenova. But yeah, thanks again. Merry Christmas, everybody. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And thank you guys for coming on. It's, you guys are always welcome here. We're always welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Melissa. Where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose to? Well, they can keep up with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at MissMelissaN25. And where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. That's where you find pictures of my cats and of my beard. Because that's what the internet is for. <laughs> well, now now I'm the guy with the foot-long beard and the Elsa tattoo, so I'm not hard to miss. Um, uh, like Michael said, uh, I was also on Scotty and Michael's show, Pencils to Pixels, talking uh, some Christmas specials, which was a fun time. Yeah. That was a blast. And I have to thank Andy for being the, the first to walk of the guests so I could run. I feel like I owe Andy like a gift basket, like a fruit basket, but instead of sending fruit, I'll just send like fruit brood and Frankenberry and <laughs> blueberry. You know, you don't have to, but I'll take it. Because <laughs> you're you're speaking my language. I mean, I will I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time. So yeah, you could follow me there and uh yeah, I'm getting ready to do a production of a Christmas carol here pretty soon, so look for stuff on that too. And as a podcast as a whole, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Night Nations Podcast. And don't forget to send us an email at nerdnightnationspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what uh, non-traditional Christmas movies you turn into a Hallmark film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to keep uh, listening to us as a podcast, uh, you can find us at our Podbean. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, uh, be sure to leave a rating and a review. We really appreciate it, and it allows us to be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community. Yeah, and this is the part where we normally say stay tuned to those podcast feeds for our next episode. Uh 
for those who follow me on social media personally, I have some good news, and, and with that, unfortunately, comes some bad news. Uh, the good news is I received a promotion with the company I work for. The bad news is with me having to relocate temporarily, uh, Melissa and I have talked it over. We are going to take a, a small hiatus until I get settled in uh, to where I'll be relocating. Um, yeah, but uh, don't fret because Melissa and I will still be active on social media with the show. Mm-hmm. So you can still look for stuff there. But uh, I think the Dropkick Murphy said it best. Um, so until the next time, it's farewell and not goodbye. But no, the nerdy chats will not stop. <laughs> <laughs> Every day we nerd out. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but uh, we thank you for your continued support, and uh, we will be back. Um, yeah. So I guess for the, even though we're going to be gone for a while, just remember to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. Thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone. And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Canadians are so much better hitting the record button. (laughs) (laughs) They just do it more friendly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could you please start recording? It's the same as us, just friendlier and smells of maple. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from the kids in the hall is Dave Foley is saying, oh, are you an American? No, I'm Canadian. It's like an American, but without a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs>